Once upon a time, in an old spooky town called Philadelphia, there were two comedians obsessed with the paranormal. They decided to shine light on unexplained stories and give a platform to others with equally strange tales. If you love ghosts, vampires, and jokes about haunted smushrooms, then Real Chills is the podcast for you. Tune in to hear hosts Meg Getz and Alyssa Truskowski share their and others' stories of truly unexplainable occurrences. You can find Real Chills anywhere podcasts are streaming. And if you or someone you know has a story of their own, reach out at realchillspodcast.com. Real spooky, real scary, Real Chills Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the podcast that raises the sitcoms that raised us. Today's show, Frasier, Season 8, Episode 18, Daphne Returns, and our guest, stand-up comedian and improviser, Siobhan O'Hara, and we are Talking Sit. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Okay, fine. Tell him to drop by. I'll try to fit him in between dames. Why don't you say hello to him right now? Hello, Sam. <laughs> I'm Dr. Fraser Crane. I'm sorry I startled you. And with that, a young nation would be startled by Kelsey Grammer's mid-Atlantic accent for the next 20 years. Uh, Siobhan, are you familiar, you're an improviser, are you familiar with the mid-Atlantic accent or, mid- or uh, transatlantic accent? Well, really I am. Clearly, I, was that Catherine Hepburn? Yeah, either that or um, Jenna Maroney from 30 Rock. <laughs> you know, that's a good uh, example. I was going to, so I had a couple of examples lined up because most people are not familiar with what that is. Uh, and one of them was actually Elizabeth Banks in The Hunger Games is Effie Trinket. Trinket, is that what it is? Uh, yeah. She does like a mid-Atlantic accent-ish. Um, but it's basically like a a combination of like the most uh, pronounced uh, versions of the British and American accent combined. Also, right? it's a it's an accent that doesn't exist. It was an accent that was made up for film and television. It right. It's not real. Right, because it was seen. Yeah, it was like learned. It was something that like was taught in like private schools in like the yes. was it early like nineteenth or eighteenth century. Uh, I forget centuries. I don't know numbers good. I know it was at least um, after they put words, like active vocal words into television. They were like, we need something once the talkies a proper came way. In. Yeah, once the talkies came in, they were like, we need a concise, proper way of speaking. And everybody right. was like, well, here's a terrible idea. Let's go yeah. with this. <laughs> yeah, because Buster Keaton's voice was terrible, I'm assuming. Um, so Kelsey Grammer, like I said, he would play... Uh, Fraser Crane for 20 years, which tied James Arness's portrayal of Marshall, Matt Dillon, on Gunsmoke for the longest continuous portrayal of a character by a single actor on a primetime series. Now, one year before Fraser Crane debuted on Cheers, David Angel joined the writing staff and shortly thereafter would become a supervising producer. During season eight of Cheers, Angel, along with fellow supervising producers and writers Peter Casey and David Lee, 
would make a deal with Grammar to develop their own project whenever Cheers ended its run. Here's Kelsey Grammer and Peter Casey talking about the original concept from the Frasier DVD extra, Behind the Couch. Like originally, we were going to do a show about a guy who was a, a, a kind of a self-made mogul who'd had a motorcycle accident who was going to be stuck in bed. And the whole series was going to take place in this huge sort of Manhattan penthouse of his, and he was running his empire from his bed. That sounds terrible, does it not? That sounds like a really, really bad concept. Um, did you ever see the show Boss with Kelsey Grammer? It was like a few years ago, I think. I don't think it's still on. No, I know what you're talking about. I have not. I, I imagine that. It. It, I imagine that that's what that was. That he just really liked the idea of acting from a bed so much that I just imagine him as Boss, and his character's name is Boss, and that's exactly what he does in Boss. Honestly, if I was given the opportunity to make a ton of money by, like, not having to leave my bed in any way, yeah, um, I'd probably take it. That's fair, but it's not interesting. No, certainly not. Uh, they definitely made the right call uh, because Frasier would run for 11 seasons, airing 263 episodes, and win 37 Emmys, which is a record that still stands for a comedy series and was only bested by something called Game of Thrones in 2016. Um I'd say Frasier is probably funnier than Game of Thrones. What do you think? Less body count. Definitely less body count. I think it had a way uh, more concise ending than Game Mm -hmm. of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, probably. A lot more satisfying. Uh, David Hyde Pierce was also known as The Mountain, though, so they share that in common. Yes, very true. Uh, So as for the rest of the main cast... Both John Mahoney and David Hyde Pierce were pre-approved by Paramount to be cast as Frazier's father and brother, respectively, meaning there would be no audition process. Much like the Mid-Atlantic accent, John Mahoney was also a combination of the best of both Britain and America, as he was born in Blackpool and spent time in Manchester before moving to Illinois and joining the U.S. Army and later graduating with his master's in English from Western Illinois University. Although his master's isn't as impressive when you consider he was raised in England. Um, You knew about John Mahoney, right? Being British? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I I dug deep to find a video, an interview of him with his natural accent or voice. You won't find one. You won't. Easily, at least. It's insane. There's one that I found where it still feels like an affectation where it really is just like what a mid-Atlantic accent should be, but it's like the worst of both. And it's not very good. Well, he is interviewed to purposely, he admits that he actively tried to lose it because he would get more jobs in on Broadway for plays. Right. Yeah. Um, but did he consider that he could have played like a butler on The Nanny if he would have kept his natural accent and they wouldn't have had to hire that fake-ass American? Yeah, I don't think he took your feelings into consideration, and that's super selfish. Uh, yeah, I'm he just could put it out there. Yeah, he could have been Niles, and David Hyde Pierce could have been Niles. This could have been a show full of three Nileses. And that they could say, uh, uh, "Denials is not just the name of a sitcom where Frasier, where Kelsey Grammer lays in bed all day. It's also a, a river in." Um, 
So famously, John Mahoney and Kelsey Grammer would share the screen in October of 1992 when Mahoney guest starred as hack jingle writer Cy Flembeck on Cheers. Uh, of course I will. Perhaps you heard my humble efforts for Fred's tune-ups. Tune-ups, tune-ups, that's our game. F-R-E-D-S. You don't come here, that's a shame. F-R-E-D-S. Isn't that just old McDonald's farm? <laughs> when old McDonald pays me 200 bucks. That cut off a little bit. Um, when old McDonald pays him 200 bucks, it'll be old McDonald's farm is the end of that line read. Um, Siobhan, did you, you. Or were you a Cheers fan or just right into Frasier? Originally right into Frasier, but okay. then I went back and watched Cheers. I had no idea when I was younger that it was the same character for both. Okay. And then I think this year, or because of the pandemic, I went through all of Cheers. Okay. Like, this is it. Here we go. I so it got, it. yeah, it got you more in touch with the work of Kelsey Grammer, which is never a bad thing. So you could say the pandemic has overall been good. Yeah, I, there's only positives. Yeah, so. I don't know of anything else. Uh, as for David Hyde Pierce, uh, he bore such an uncanny resemblance to Kelsey Grammer that he was destined to play his brother, even in animation. Plunger? Check. Hard hat? Check. Fifteen million dollars and a gun? Check. Mate. Goodbye, Bob! No! Guess who? Maris? Uh, Siobhan, are you a Simpsons fan? I should have asked yeah. this question before I ever talked to you. Okay, good. Thank God. We can continue. Uh, that was, I remember watching that episode of The Simpsons. That was the first time uh, David Hyde Pierce played Cecil or Cecil Terwilliger. Mm -hmm. And I was losing my, like, I'm assuming like 12 or 13 year old mind thinking I was the only one in on the joke. They're brothers on the other show and now they're brothers here. And then he said the name of his wife on the other show you never see. It's still a very funny bit. Yeah, people do that a lot though. So you shouldn't be too impressed by it. Um, no, I will continue to be impressed. Uh, what else is impressive is that over the run of Frasier, David Hyde Pierce would win four Emmy Awards for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series and actually holds the record for most nominations in that category with 11. Uh, how many uh, uh, Emmy Awards for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series has Game of Thrones won? And I mean the show, Game of Thrones. I honestly... I'm, Probably very I'm few. Zero. Yeah, that, they're losers. Uh, they no. should have more. Uh, Jane Leaves, uh, who played live-in physical therapist slash psychic Daphne Moon, got her start in show business in the most British way possible. First, as one of the as one of Hill's angels on the Benny Hill show, and then as a dancer in Monty Python's The Meaning of Life. Uh, Siobhan, are you familiar at all with either of those things, Benny Hill or Monty Python? Monty Python. I, okay. I didn't watch the, what was the other thing? The Benny Hill show? No. Okay, uh, let me summarize the Benny Hill show. A horny old man uh, chases around a bunch of girls dressed as like English bobbies, or sometimes they're like the 12 apostles and he's Jesus, um, or sometimes they're nurses, and then he chases them in one direction and they chase him in another direction, uh, and the song Yakety Sax plays. Oh, wait, yeah. Okay, I understand the concept. I just don't think I've ever seen it and went, there's Daphne Moon. <laughs> yeah, I tried to find a clip of that too. Uh, 
little little exists and I was not going to subject myself to that much criticism. Uh, when she moved stateside, uh, Jane Leaves landed a recurring role on Murphy Brown just before her most notable pre-Fraser role, which was Marla the Virgin on Seinfeld. Uh, are you a Seinfeld fan at all? Yes, I remember her from Seinfeld. Okay, sure. yeah, she had one of the most, I think, um, notable roles as one of Jerry's girlfriends. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Rounding out, oh, wait, what about Murphy Brown? Did you ever watch that? No, I saw that it was coming back, and I was like, should I get into it? And then I... Um, got, I didn't. Yeah, uh, when I was when I was doing some clip digging for this uh, episode, I was looking at Murph, Murphy Brown stuff, and I was reminded that they rebooted it. I loved Murphy Brown as a kid because I just loved adult stuff, and now I went back and rewatched some of the original series. It's very uh, dated. I mean, the reference—I don't know how much, uh, how many, uh, how much mileage you can get out of Dan Quayle jokes in this, the year of our Lord, whatever year it is when people are listening. But um, it's not worth revisiting and probably not worth rebooting. Take that. Suck it, Murphy Brown. Take that, Candace Bergen. Bergen? Bergen. Um, rounding out the main cast would be Perry Gilpin, who is Frazier's producer, confidant, voice of reason, and sometimes antagonist, Roz Doyle. Uh, Siobhan, are you familiar of, or familiar of, familiar with Perry Gilpin's connection to Philadelphia? I'm not, no. Is she from here? She is no. not hashtag from here, uh, but she is of here, we'll say. Uh, her I father, she was from Texas. Yes, you're right. Okay. Uh, so her father was Jim O'Brien, who was a beloved Philadelphia weatherman until his untimely skydiving-related death. No! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, now, I will say Gilpin is her stepfather's, uh, her parents separated and divorced because that's how that works. And Gilpin was actually her stepfather's last name. Uh, he was like, I think like a small time actor, uh, like a local regional actor in Texas. And her mom mm -hmm. thought it would be neat if they all had the same last name. Uh, needless to say, she would have gone much further in this market as Perry O'Brien. Let's see. Uh, oh, neat. She's also in King of the Hill a couple episodes. Yes, yes. Uh, she's done a decent amount of voice stuff. Um, yeah. She has a good voice for it. She has a voice for radio, you could say. No, what's the insult? Face. I don't know. She has a great radio. face. Um, great face. But she does have a great face. Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm going to shut up. Um, actually, uh, Perry Gilpin uh, also made an appearance in a season 11 episode of Cheers uh, as a character named Holly Matheson. Uh, that was a harder clip to dig for and I'm not entirely sure she had any speaking lines but I'll have to uh go and check that one out again I don't so, well what's not just because I don't remember doesn't mean it didn't happen that That's is actually like how that works. In my brain yeah that is how that works if you don't remember it it did not happen mm -hmm. uh the real Roz Doyle was a producer on the Angel Casey Lee series Wings who sadly passed away in 1991. So Gilpin's radio producer character was named in her honor. Are you familiar with Wings at all, Siobhan? I am. Okay. So I thought you... it was I thought it was a good show. I think maybe I only saw you know how Cheers would come on late at night on like Nick mm -hmm. or when it was like Nick at night and stuff. It would come on around that time and I only saw like a few episodes, but I was like, this is a great show and I had like four seasons or something. Um, I think it ran longer than that. Uh, yeah. 
Maybe I just saw the same four seasons. Yes, yeah. Uh, or you just saw the one episode four times and assumed that that was it. That's probably it. Yeah. Uh, Wings was a very good show. Great cast. Uh, minus Steven Weber, who can go fuck himself. Fuck uh, Steven Weber. Uh, yeah, I have my reasons. Uh, so when they were casting the role of Roz, it... Uh, oh, and one thing that helped Gilpin was that she actually had experience as a sound engineer for radio. And the other thing was that it came down to her and a little-known actress at the time named Lisa Kudrow. Perry Gilpin was chosen due to having the forcefulness that the character required according to the creators. And here's a little tidbit from the It's Nice When They're Friends folder. To this day, Perry Gilpin and Jane Leaves are not only best friends, they also collaborated on a television production company, and they are next-door neighbors. It's nice when they're friends. Aww. See? Awesome. Mm-hmm. Finally, there's Moose as Eddie the Dog, who John Mahoney said received more fan mail than any other actor on the show. Prior to being cast, Moose enjoyed being a dog and pooping. Moose retired at the tender age of 10 with his role going to his lookalike son, Enzo, in yet another, in yet another case of Hollywood nepotism. It's not fair. So Frasier boasts perhaps the most impressive list of guest appearances of any sitcom, even if it is in voice only. Uh, here's a partial list of all the celebrities who made unseen cameos as radio call-ins. Christopher Reeve, Jeff Daniels, Carl Reiner, Mel Brooks, Jay Leno, Ben Stiller, Eddie Van Halen, Bruno Kirby, Rosemary Clooney, Henry Mancini, Patty Hearst, Reba McIntyre, Steve Young, Mary Tyler Moore, Alfred Woodard, Lily Tomlin, Art Garfunkel, Rosie Perez, and Carly Simon. Now, every single name on that list I invited to my 12th birthday party and none of them showed. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, they didn't know me. I didn't know them either. So we have a few uh, things here noteworthy to get into before we uh, get into why you chose this and get into your TV Guide style summary. Uh, news and noteworthy. David Angel tragically was killed aboard American Airlines Flight 11 on September 11, 2001. The episode we're watching would be one of the last to air before his death. Niles and Daphne's son, born in the series finale, Goodnight Seattle, is named David in tribute. Uh, were you aware of either one or both of those things? I was aware of the the former, the first half. That you were aware of 9-11? I was aware of 9-11, yes. What I just I said? I was also aware that this is one of the last episodes that okay. was like, written and produced by him. Okay, cool. So you didn't know the tidbit about their son being named David in tribute? No. Okay, no. good to know. Uh, so this is one of 34 episodes directed by Pamela Fryman, who'd go on to direct 95 episodes of Just Shoot Me, 20 episodes of Two and a Half Men, and a whopping 196 episodes of How I Met Your Mother, on which she, was, she also served as executive producer. Whoa! She's busy. Crazy. She's been yeah, busy. Yeah, she's busy. She's uh, not going to come to anybody's birthday. No, 12-year-old or not. Maybe her own kid's 12-year-old. But she's probably too busy to go to her own kid's 12-year-old uh, birthday party. That's just the price. The it price is. of being successful. Price of, of working on Just Shoot Me. Do you do you remember Just Shoot Me with David Spade? I do. I like Just Shoot Me. It was not bad. Uh, Wendy yeah. Malick was actually, you know, a regular there. And then I always use the dividing line of Wendy Malick on Frasier uh, because she shows up as a love interest for both Frasier and uh, Martin Crane. Yeah. And, uh, listen, God bless her. Love Wendy Malick. Don't need to see her... Mackin on both crane men. 
I, um, I'm going to take the opposing side and say that I'm for it. Hmm. Well, what I'm saying is, I think she could, well, if you would die on this hill. So yes, tread carefully. <laughs> few can do better than Marty Crane. Uh, I think, I don't remember, who does she end up choosing? Do you know? Marty. Thank they God. all choose Marty. If it's between Marty and anybody else, True. they will they shed. True. Party Marty. Uh, Pamela Fryman also directed the live in front of a studio audience performance of All in the Family in Good Times, which coincidentally, the second script that creator David Angel ever sold was to the All in the Family spinoff Archie Bunker's Place. Uh, Siobhan, did you watch, do you, are you familiar at all with All in the Family or Archie I Bunker's am. Place? You are? Okay. Yes. Good to know. Did you watch the live, uh, this was the Christmas time performance. I feel in my heart that I did. I can't remember. That is the Ronald Reagan answer. That is the Ronald Reagan answer from Iran Contra, where he said he believes in his heart of hearts that he that uh, they did not trade guns for the release of hostages. Uh, It turns out that they did. And it also turns out that you did not. The facts say otherwise. All right. So I can't define all the family. I can just know when I see it. That's true. Okay. Excellent answer. Uh, quick, spell potato. Sorry, that's a Dan Quayle reference. Uh, no. <laughs> um, co-writer Dan O'Shannon had previously written and served as executive story editor on Newhart and Cheers, including the episode that Perry Gilpin appeared in, which was Woody Gets an Election, which I just now realize is an entendre. Entendre? Entendre? Entendre. Eh, we'll see. Okay. That's a middle yeah, accent is. thing. Uh, Dan O'Shannon would also have a small role on Frasier as a janitor and the Golden Girls, on which Christopher Lloyd, no, not that one, would uh, be an executive producer on Frasier, and he served as a writer on the Golden Girls. You you know it's not the Christopher Lloyd from Back to the Future, right? Yeah, I'm aware of that now. Me too. (laughs) And that's after years of me telling uh, my girlfriend Jordan that it was that Christopher Lloyd was the was like an executive producer in Frasier and uh and just so proud of yourself for having all this knowledge like boy oh boy there I triple check every single thing I say since then uh co-writer Bob Daly also served as an executive producer along with writing 13 other episodes of Frasier before executive producing and writing for Desperate Housewives and the Odd Couple reboot uh Desperate Housewives the Odd Couple reboot any thoughts on either of those um, only that I've watched neither. Yeah. Uh, I, I know Desperate Housewives had, had its time, but I feel like it was a very of its time show in 2005. Like, just feels like a very 2005 show. I just, I missed out on it. Pop, pop culture wise, it was just, I missed the mark. What were so. you watching in 2005 that was better? The Office, 30 Rock, the golden age of television. Wow, wow. <laughs> Okay. I consider the golden age of television to be the original time that the Paul Lind Halloween special aired, but I guess we just differ. We can disagree and still be friends. That's okay. No, we cannot. You can still be wrong and we're friends. There we go. That's, that's the understanding as I take it. Um, Okay. So Siobhan, we are at the point now. I will stop sharing the screen. Okay, cool. This is better. Um, We are at the point now where I ask you why you chose this show in this episode. Uh, cool. So I chose Frasier because it's honestly one of the shows that I've been watching recently. 
pretty consistently. It was one that I watched as a kid, and now, as an adult, I kind of wanted to go back and be like, oh, now I get the jokes uh -huh. or the overt um, sexuality or innuendos that are in it that I didn't as a kid. Same thing with, like, Seinfeld and stuff. Like, so what as a – right. So what as a kid did you find funny about it? The physical humor. There's a lot of physical humor. David Hyde Pierce kind of um, takes the lead. Mm -hmm. on doing all of that. I thought he was the funniest character. I loved um, Moose. I loved Eddie. He was also in, um, what's it called? My Dog Skip. So I was like, that's a dog for My Dog Skip. Was that with uh, Malcolm in the Middle? Yeah. Okay. Everybody in the sitcom was in My Dog Skip. Who else was in that? Um, what's it called? Uh, Luke Wilson. Was he in wasn't that? in a sitcom. So all the all he, he was in sitcoms. Um, all right, I'm gonna have my team fact check this before this episode's over, but we'll 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 double check on that. All right. Well, the better old um, Owen. What's his last name? Owen Olson. Wilson. No, not Olson. What am I saying? Mary Kate Wilson. and Ashley Olson. Mary Kate also and in Owen. Sitcoms. Mary Kate and Owen Wilson. Yes. Owen Wilson. Um. But yeah, I genuinely just like the show. I like the writing. Mm -hmm. And. I wanted to why, this one. why this episode in particular? This episode stuck with me since I was little. Um, and when I say little, I wasn't like a, you know, a baby or anything. But as a kid watching the show, for whatever reason, this one stuck out to me. It's, I feel like it's one of those quote unquote like very special episodes mm -hmm. of Frasier. It's not the funniest episode. I was going to say that. I was going to say thank you for bringing me a bummer of one of the funniest, one of the unfunniest episodes of one of the funniest series ever. Uh, <laughs> but it's still a very good episode. Yeah, it's one, it's the first time, and this is so sad that it took a sitcom for me to realize this, but it's the first time that I had any sort of introduction that um, somebody's uh, physical attributes or like body weight issues might be psychological mm. i never thought about that as a kid yeah and seeing that played out and just the idea of having somebody else's expectations affecting you physically was mind-blowing for me mm -hmm. and i think that that kind of stuff with me i also liked how it went back in time so yeah. I was able to relive other episodes through this episode yeah they do uh like i said this is a similar it's also to a very special episode it's many ways a clip show uh but it doesn't fall into the trappings of a clip show uh, and we'll get into that when they actually do travel back in time um as someone who has learned anything everything that i know that is important was imparted to me via sitcom so i urge Thanks. you and anyone listening yeah to go back and watch sitcoms and learn because there is not a single teacher in the world who will do for you what Miller Boyette Productions did for me. Well said. Very well said, if I may say so myself. Um, okay, so now can you give us, Siobhan, a brief uh, TV Guide style summary of the episode we're about to watch? I will. I even wrote it down. I wanted to be Wow, just prepared. like TV Guide. Just like TV Guide. You're probably right. more in print than TV Guide is right now. I think they're all digital. Uh, oh, that's a little sad, but I get it. All right. right. Well, let's continue with this bummer of an episode. Okay. In this episode, 
Daphne returns home from a weight loss spa, confiding in Niles about her journey. Feeling attacked, Niles tastelessly dismisses her claims, which erupts into a fight. Frazier is able to help Niles see the error of his ways by revisiting key moments with him. Also, Roz accidentally writes and publishes Heidi. Excellent. Excellent. Um, I was going to save it until we got there. I don't know what, I, I know what Heidi is in passing, maybe, but does Heidi have, like, is Heidi, like, a, a Swiss girl with pigtails or something? I, yes, I think so, and that's the extent of my knowledge. For okay. this, I, I did no research. Okay, good, good, me neither. Uh, so, so we're pretty much on the same level here. Uh, Siobhan, are you pretty much queued up and ready to watch along as we take a journey? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Okay, uh, on the count of three, we'll go to three, two, one, and then we will each hit play, because I'm already at like four seconds in with the Frasier title screen, um, and then we will hit play once I get to after one, whatever comes after one, which we play. Okay, All I'm right. going to count us, do you want to count us down? I always let the guests count us down. I'll do it. Please do. You know how to count. Back. Down? We're going backwards. backwards. Down, like counterclockwise. Counterclockwise. Got it. I'll make sure to phrase it that yeah. weirdly next time I have to explain to somebody else. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how else you would. Three, two, one, go. Okay. We are hitting play. Uh, so this is actually, I love the green Fraser font. Um, we and don't. The moon. Yeah, you don't see the Daphne moon because this is a Daphne heavy episode. See? Right? They drop Easter eggs, they drop knowledge. Uh, and there we go with our Philly girl, Perry Gilpin, Philly via Texas. Uh, I want to refer to her as Perry O'Brien this whole time. Um, man, I feel like Cafe Nervosa is probably the, like, compared to the Friends, compared to, like, Central Perk, it's a much more com comfortable, inviting coffee shop, I think. You say that even without it having a couch? Oh, the couch is the main offender in that Friends coffee shop. I hate it. Why would you want to sit on that couch that everyone, I don't know. And I, I get that everyone else also sits on the chairs and whatever, but it just feels like I don't like the communal aspect of it. Well, that's fair. I, I am concerned about how much they go to this one spot, like, all the time. I'm like, well, uh, but you can say that for any sitcom. Uh, yeah, ideally things happen in sitcoms at the same three or four locations to cut down on costs, um, unless you want uh, these actors and union members to uh, work for free. I believe union people should be paid fairly for their work, but that's just me. I agree with you. I'm just like okay, watching good, the episode. Okay, good, good, excellent. Um, I really, uh, I like the, the Crane Boy mysteries that they reference, because uh, that's like an ongoing thing throughout this series. Uh, and it's I know also it's- foreshadowing. Yes, yes. For the rest of this episode, because Frazier is like, well, we always made ourselves the heroes. And mm -hmm. in this episode, Niles is making himself the hero when he isn't. Jesus Christ, I didn't even think about that. Wow, the depth. Are you Are I'm you a, also a psychiatrist? What are they, psychiatrists? What's the difference? Psychiatrist, psychiatry. Yeah, uh, they can give drugs. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty damn good. That's pretty, I, I was just laughing at the fact that there was the, uh, the, the, the waiter guy who also knows that Niles hasn't gotten on from Daphne yet. That's what so, I took away from this scene. That's a huge plot point in this. Uh, Niles and Daphne have yet to bone. 
And yeah. one of the goals, one of his objectives is to bone. Because so, what is part. Yeah, what is Ni- who is Niles Crane if not a an American pie boy at heart? <laughs> yes. Perfect. I feel like he's just on Niles a horny it. mission. Old horny ass Niles Crane, which actually is what he is and what this episode has kind of been about. Because um, they really, you know, when you suggested this, you mentioned like, you know, Niles gets like red and roasted to hell during this episode. But it's a, it's really, you know, the writers themselves, I think, taking themselves to task for how they've written this character and these characters' interactions for the last seven years. Yeah, this this guy, Niles, who admittedly, like, I like him as a character, was being pretty creepy. And yeah. so they had to ground it some way. Yeah, they really kind of uh, get up in their own ass, the writers, on this episode. Yeah, which is always nice mm-hmm. whenever... I don't know, whenever a group of people tend to like not take themselves so seriously or question their own, the own things that they've done or written down or whatever the case may be, I'm like, that's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, so now uh, I'm back and I'm back. cool. We have, uh, the, I love the cartoonish amount, the insane amount of balloons that Niles brought uh, to pick up Daphne from her spa. Um, how long, I don't, no, did they say how long Daphne had been away at this spa for? I don't remember. Yeah. Um, I, I, think I mean, you would like think it was like six months. months or something. But yeah. uh, I do remember thinking, so Niles and Daphne had gotten together. They'd been, this is towards the end of uh, season eight. And at the end of season seven, uh, Daphne runs away with Niles, away from Donnie, leaving him at the altar. And uh, so they've spent almost a full season being together. And for most of this season, Niles has been super sympathetic, I think, with what he's gone through with his, you know, soon-to-be ex-wife, Mel, how she's kind of humiliated him at every turn until finally Daphne says that's enough. Um, And this episode, it really just turns it on its ear. I definitely think that it's, it just shows that even though he's had this illusion in his head about Daphne being the perfect person for seven years. Um, it shows how that can backfire mm-hmm. and how we find out later how he's afraid that, you know, he might have wasted his time. Right. Uh, I also do like that. Uh, you know, it's a pretty standard thing that the Cranes, Niles, and Fraser are both distrusting or dismissive of just about any therapist that isn't them that isn't them right that's so frustrating uh and again i don't know if that's true of most therapists i hope not but i think it's true of most people in any profession and he really hates the fact that that this therapist lets her patients call her gloria by her first name yeah he goes oh well my patients usually call me doctor Mm -hmm. and it's super belittling to her experience. Yeah. Uh, I would love to have Niles as a doctor just to call him Dr. Niles because that would infuriate him the most, I think. Also, I want to point out that Daphne calls this a spa. Yes. Everybody else calls this fat camp. Ooh, you know what? That's a good point because, so I think I mentioned to you before, also leading up to this, um, I really didn't like the way the characters were pretty mean-spirited to Daphne as she gained weight and the jokes they made, because it seemed kind of out of character, especially for 
someone like for psychiatrists. Well, yeah, for psychiatrists, one and two for like someone like Fraser and Niles who have always been bullied, and and Fraser gets bullied as an adult by like the shock jocks at the station. Seem a little out of step. Um, they do a lot of reconciling that here with Niles in this episode. They do it quickly with uh, Fraser and Martin uh, in uh, the, I believe, the next scene coming up, uh, where you know they initially start off by also poking fun at Daphne. And then once they see how, what an asshole Niles is being, they quickly change course. Yeah, which is nice, but also you'd expect more from a professional who deals with, this couldn't be the first time that they've had a situation where in which a friend or a patient was dealing with emotional issues that led to their emotional eating. Like, I can't, this can't be the first thing. Well, what if they're just, that. I mean, I know we're led to believe they're both like super successful psychiatrists. What if they're just like the worst? What if they're like, really bad. What, what if, if they, radio psychiatry isn't great? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not willing to go that far with you. All of my psychiatry comes from the radio, but it's always when I call into Q102 in the mornings. Diego in the morning gives me all my advice. I didn't mean to dismiss your treatment. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you. We all have different paths we travel on. Um, Yeah, so they briefly, we kind of glossed over the B-plot, as you mentioned, of Roz uh, writing a children's book uh, that ultimately turns out to be the story Heidi. But I love her and Martin. Whenever, I always love when characters that don't interact that often get to have just one-on-one time. Yeah, and um, Martin is so vested in making Eddie famous <laughs> or just putting Eddie first in any way shape or form yeah so Martin like goes right to Eddie being it. a character but he'll stop at Eddie being portrayed in a way that is not true to Eddie <laughs> he's not about that dollar uh so there's a quick gag which uh in which again seems kind of out of character that Frazier installs a pig that squeals when, uh, whenever Daphne or anyone opens the fridge. That's not some uh, kind of joke that he would go for, but it's definitely the kind of like blue collar joke that Martin and uh, and Daphne love because they share but, sensibilities. But it's, it's revealed later that it was Fraser's idea to get it. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But I think he did it because he knew Daphne. It is something Might that Daphne like laughs at and Daphne gets a kick out of yeah. uh, initially. Uh, again, Niles as always ruins everything in this episode. Um, and he's just constantly taking cheap shots at uh, Daphne's therapist. Yeah, so right now I'm in the moment, you probably are too, I feel like we're pretty synced up, that um, Daphne is trying to express to Roz and everybody else, you know, this is what I went through, this is my, this is Gloria, this is my psychiatrist, and the entire time Niles is just taking shots. shots at her, yeah. Yeah, and, and... You know, like you said, you love Niles as a kid, and most people do. Uh, Niles is, you know, he's not always a likable character. He's not always likable. He's the C-3PO of Frasier. Like, you <laughs> don't expect C-3PO to be mean. Yes. Man, why David Hyde Pierce hasn't been cast in one of these, like, 50 different Star Wars as C-3PO, I don't understand. Right. He would be perfect. Yeah, and Marty just straight up calls him on, the sh- on his shit and says, there's no reason to act like an ass. Tells him to treat Daphne with respect. Respect. <laughs> and that's when you hear the big squealing and her stomping it. Uh. <laughs> I love, wait, I love her next line. Yes. She'll say in a second. Apparently that pig of yours can dish it out, but he can't take it. That he is, again, it. that's a laugh out loud. This episode, the few laughs it does have 
it's well earned and they're very good laughs. I do like that they that these um, you know, upper crust psychiatrists have like almost like a child's homemade banner. It's almost like an arrested development style banner. We love Daphne. I expect one of them to say, look at banner, Daphne. Uh oh, yeah. she kicks out Niles. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. You know and Nobody every, defends him. No. Well, originally, like, especially early on, Daphne is like a fill-in. She's like a surrogate for like the wacky neighbor, like the zany, because, you know, she believes she's psychic and all that stuff. And she's played for laughs. But there are moments throughout the series where she is like the grounded voice of reason more often than not. But this is one where she just straight up tells him to cut the shit and kicks him out. As somebody who has their background in improv, really quickly, I'm just going to dive into this. Yeah, I'm um, at NAD anyway. Well, while we're at NAD. Uh, yes, only talk four. about improv during ad breaks, please. All right, that's fine. Is this for a car? A Buick? Maybe. Um, so, don't buy a Buick. Okay, so um, in improv, one of the rules or tenants is get to the point or get to the thing. Mm-hmm. Don't try to be funny. This episode is very much the idea behind not trying to be funny, playing it super grounded, and not so much right now. In that moment, Daphne was very straightforward, but later on, at the end of the episode, when we get there, we see that Daphne and Niles are very honest with each other. They just mm-hmm. get to the point. Even though it's an argument, um, they get to the point really quickly, and that kind of sparks the next chapter of their relationship in the next episodes. Mm. So That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, if, if those of you weren't following what Siobhan is saying, that Frasier is entirely improvised, much like Curb Your Enthusiasm, right? Isn't it true that Kelsey Grammer like doesn't memorize his so, lines. Yeah, <laughs> it's called um, respectful rudeness or some weird shit like that. I forget what it's called, um, but it's supposedly Mean an asshole. Yes, that's what it's <laughs> called. Uh, being coked up and hungover, and coming in two minutes before you shoot. Uh, apparently, the can't. Yeah, he wouldn't learn his lines until like right before he would rehearse one time and not learn his lines until right before he had to shoot and the cast just had to deal with it and crew had to deal with it but guest stars just hated him for it uh, that's not stressful at all well no, here's not at all. helping in yes. this scene yeah uh yeah so now i'm at the point where they're traveling back in time and the clips are beginning to i guess this was the very first episode right i mean you can look at the head of hair david hyde pierce has and jane lee's for that matter yeah, just when they're going back talking about the fantasy. Which are you out of fantasy right now? Yes, I'm out of fantasy right now. Oh, are you not Maybe there? I've got an extra ad. Hold on one second. Oh well, in that case, I'll wait because there. Before I get to there, I'll talk to talk about it. Actually, I'll pause mine because um, I wanted to mention there was a very good joke uh, when Niles and his patient are in the office before Fraser comes in, and uh, let me know when you're at the fantasy part. Uh, I just got to the fantasy. I can pause mine too. Okay, cool. Yeah, if you want to pause yours for a second. Um, And anyone listening, pause too. Uh, But there's a really great joke where Niles is talking to a patient and uh, he has like, you know, fear of germs or whatever. And he says, it's all in your head or whatever. And I'll give you the number of the guy who cleans my phones. Tells him not to touch the doorknob. And I was like, (laughs) oh, that just hits a little bit harder these days. I Oh, all right, sad. Well, a very special episode of um this podcast you know why don't they yeah why don't they just uh why don't they do the thing with the simpsons where they're like fraser called it you know i think fraser predicts more things than the simpsons ever has yeah because they're uh 
I like the way that it's not just clips. It's not like they don't, they never, also the one thing I like stylistically is they don't do like the wavy, like uh, flashback things. Yeah, it's just a a cut to a poor green screen. It's not bad for its time. Well, it's 2001. So yeah, yeah. This is, they didn't have the Peter Jackson CGI for Lord of the Rings type thing yet. No. And this isn't so much time travel as it is memory travel. It's, um, I like to think of it, Niles. it's, it's, uh, Ebenezer Scrooge travel. Frasier is the ghost of Christmas, I guess just past. Past. Yeah. And present. And future. He's just the ghost. He's omnipotent. He's om- omnipotent? Yeah. Omnipresent. He's, yeah. he's the Omni Hotel in Atlanta. Uh, promotional consideration for Talking Sid is provided by the Omni Hotel. Uh, like this this memory right here, the one with the dress, the red yes, dress. Yes, this is dancing. psycho shit, because in the car, we missed it, uh, in the car in the, in the initial uh, scene when Niles picks up Daphne, uh, he brings the dress that she wore five years earlier. I could not imagine Weird. producing a piece of clothing that my significant other wore. <laughs> that, uh, just don't do that ever. Where did he get that? Did he go through her stuff? Okay, That's true, so... because they don't live together. Right? And this is the perfect example of um, Fraser just said, now he calls Niles out for calling Daphne a goddess and putting yeah. her on a pedestal and explaining to him that she not only has to live up to, you know, Niles' ex- Niles's expectation of her now, but seven years of him thinking that she is the definition of perfection. Like, how can anybody do that? And yet, dumbass Niles still just don't get it. And they, uh, I love that this is my favorite flashback scene of them, uh, whatever they're doing in the kitchen, chopping. By the way, I do, a, um, I do a segment on the show called Kitchen Watch or Kitchen Alert, uh, because kitchens and sitcoms are so unrealistic. Um, they always tend to have like four or five different entrances and exits because they all need, always need characters coming to and from there. Uh, Siobhan, for example, how many entrances does your kitchen have? One. One, yeah. Uh, Frasier is similar, I think. They might, there's two entrances, as, as I can see, from the living room and from the hallway, uh, which is still a weird thing to do, but he has like a condo, so it's fair. Um, but there's a little time spent in the kitchen here, but I had to get that segment in. Um, so yeah, so they were chopping uh, onions or something and singing Heart and Soul, which is someone who's taken uh, piano lessons at the hands of a brutal and cruel nun in grade school. Uh, I never knew that Heart and Soul had lyrics. I just knew it was an annoying melody. But thanks to David Hyde Pierce, like I said, I learned everything from sitcoms. Heart and Soul has lyrics. Now we know. Mm-hmm. I guess I, I didn't realize that I didn't know that until now. Okay, yeah, see, <laughs> what, what cruel Catholic school nuns won't teach you, David Hyde Pierce will. I also want David Hyde Pierce to wrap my knuckles with a ruler, but that's a, another podcast that I host. I, if you want to talk. Nope. Outside nope. Of the, okay. Only when I call Diego on Q102 in the mornings. And uh, I'm back to where they're in uh, Niles' office in real time, and Frazier is just really giving them that real, real. Yeah, just explaining to him that you're, Daphne's not the only one that's afraid. Maybe you're afraid. He's calling him a pussy. He's, he's, saying, you're, he's saying you're a little bitch boy. Yeah, he's saying, uh, get your head out of your asshole. You're being a little bitch boy. Right, well, don't curse. Don't curse. Only I can curse. Um, okay. Sorry, I'm, this is a PG. 
This is PG on. This is a halfway PG. Um, what? I'm, no kids should watch this or listen. Whatever. Well, you were watching Frasier as a child, as a baby, so it's too late for that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm back at an ad for uh, Ford. We're built Ford tough. Talking sit. Built Ford tough. Uh, I think if I just say the name of a thing, they then have to pay me. Yeah, I have the commercial where it's like the uh, mirror that tells you to exercise. Snow White. The, uh, no, it's just, it's a, it's called Mirror, and it's like, do, oh, another Buick ad. Why? What's happening? Okay. I think you should take the hint and buy Buick. Buick, built for tough. I was looking <laughs> off camera at the other, at the hard cam. Uh, I know that we can't really do physical gags on a podcast, but that was very funny the way you looked away. Oh, trust me. To another camera. Yes, as if there's another camera. I have a full setup here. I don't mess around. Um, so at this point, you know, you're starting to see that Niles is kind of getting it. And then he makes the, uh, he makes a jump in the next scene when we come back and then takes a quick step back, which, you know, most sitcoms, it would just be instantly resolved like that. Um, but this one, you know, is a cut above the rest, I'd say. They don't give it to you easy. Yeah, they make you work for it. Yeah. Also, now we're finding out that Roz, who is currently celebrating the publishing of her book, which is a story that her mom would tell her when she was a child, is, in fact, just the story of Heidi. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I'm looking that up now uh, to see. Okay. Let's get some Heidi facts. Hashtag yeah. Heidi facts. Uh, okay, yeah, it's Swiss. It's a, it's a work of children's fiction published in 1881 by, I'm going to say, Johanna. Spiri, because they always do like Y's and J's mixed up. But yeah, it's about a girl in the Swiss Alps. I was worried that I was confusing Heidi with Pippi Longstocking. Me too. All right. I don't feel alone. Okay, good. I mean, maybe Pippi Longstocking is based on Heidi. I'm not seeing any evidence to that. I think Frasier might be based on Pippi Longstocking, though. It was based well, on Kelsey Grammer being relegated to his bed for five years and growing out his hair into uh, giant pigtails. Oh, you know what I meant to include, and I think I'm going to add it at the end. I forgot in the slides. Um, when we did uh, my other podcast, the Launching Pod, available on Apple and Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts, um, I mentioned to you uh, Kelsey Grammer falling off the stage. Did you ever look that up? Or did... I did. I watched it, and there's a remix of it, and I watched that. See, I prefer the original to the remix, but I'm just a purist. Trip through it's a small world, pretending I was a UN interpreter. Because uh, it's very good and everyone should hear it. My goal is to put that on every podcast. Uh, so Niles is now apologizing to Daphne, and they have the resolution. But uh oh, we still He's have burn her. We still have about six minutes of of the twenty two minutes to fill. By the way, they got a lot done in this episode. There's I, a lot. Uh, and now also, so Niles talks about how he's going to pass on dinner because he hates her cooking. Are we too... Now, when did Daphne start cooking for the Cranes? Because that was just kind of accepted at one point. She really becomes like their housekeeper and not just... Because I remember there's an episode where like Marty doesn't need the physical therapy anymore or something. And she was going to have to go back to England or some wacky shit like that. Does she officially I, get hired as the housekeeper at some point? 
I forget I forget when the, like the line in the sand is drawn between the distinctions of her as a physical therapist Good. and her yeah. as a housekeeper. I think it started with she would do Martin's laundry and cook Martin's meals because he needed to have a specific diet. With so she was really the caretaker. The caretaker. Okay. But then she also is like Frazier's lackey. So yeah, yeah, yeah. She wears many hats. Uh, but I just can't remember if they're always doing like Daphne's cooking sucks jokes because Martin does. Okay. That's a running joke with Martin. He should be lucky to have anyone cooking for him at his age. I mean, he doesn't have Wendy Malick yet. It's, yeah, that's true. Suck it, Martin. Suck it. All right. Calm down. The man served in the U.S. Army. Well, John Mahoney. John Mahoney. <laughs> I mean, if you're British, you can serve in the Army. Never I think know. maybe they just heard him talk and they were like, that's a man who talks that's, that's, really American. That's Chicago. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly <laughs> Oak Park, Illinois. Yeah. Now uh, Daphne is really just giving it back to Niles, who, much like the piggy in the refrigerator, can dish it out, but definitely not take it. Yeah, he calls her cooking bad, she calls him pretentious, and they're just digging but, at each other. But immediately, like the little simp that he is, he ends up coming, running right back in, apologizing. And what she should have done was push him away and make him earn it. Uh, so there's a line where um, where Daphne, uh, you know, calls him pretentious with, with his wine and opera. David Hyde Pierce, uh, contrary to popular belief, had no knowledge of wine or opera when he took on this role. He learned about it, though, from John Mahoney. Really? Mm-hmm. John That's Mahoney. so wholesome and sweet. John Mahoney is a man of culture. He won a fucking Tony Award. Right? You know? Oh. Okay. And he's an American hero? Uh, legally, yes. Legally, he's an American hero. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I had forgotten, and I just watched this right before we turned it on, um, I had forgotten that the whole jumping off point the genesis of this episode was that niles and daphne ain't done it yet yeah they they still have yet to consummate their relationship i like the way i put it um but uh you know so they're just going back and forth and arguing and then they start making out and then they really start getting it on and then niles adds another high rise to the seattle skyline and i forgot that that was the whole point of this was for Niles. This episode is pretty much American Pie. Yeah, this whole this whole journey, no matter how have, deep we think it is, it's yes, about you have filming. your classic all American horny boy in Niles lusting after a foreign woman in Daphne. Uh, what's not American Pie about that? Nothing. That's a perfect representation of this episode. You know, and in many ways, uh, Fraser is the uh, stand-in, the surrogate for for Eugene Levy with his sage wisdom. Um, Roz is, let's say, Stifler. I don't know. Uh, Martin, Martin is the Shermanator. Um, <laughs> like Got to be someone. Uh, and then at the end, we get Niles uh, sitting there all content in the coffee shop. Presume, I think he's in a different suit than the one that him and so he bones in a suit is the one thing that seems uncomfortable on Fraser's hardwood floor. Fraser would be so pissed about that, by the way. Um, yeah, and they also ruin like a bunch of his knickknacks. Which... Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, one of which seemed to be like a symbol of like virility. Which again, this show is exactly American Pie with its subtlety. Um, but uh, yeah, Niles is then at the very end sitting in Cafe Nervosa with his espresso or whatever uh in a different soup but with his hair messed up 
Just presum- so proud of Presumably himself. from having had sex one time, like a day or two earlier, uh, just in a daze. And then he's in his office, totally neglecting his uh, Hippocratic oath. I'm assuming he takes it to his patient because he's just still too horned up from Daphne. Uh, and then, uh, and then that song plays. This world is on fire with passionate walls. Um, at least in my mind, it did. Um, remember that with song? Scramble, laid, yes. laid, laid by James. Yes, yes. Okay, I'm going to get someone to work on that to uh, lay the uh, Fraser vocals over over that. Um, overall, Siobhan, uh, did this episode? When was the last time you saw this episode before watching it for this reason? Uh, last year. Okay. So it wasn't. You don't have that much distance. Uh, was there anything new you you gleaned from it than uh, than the last time you watched it? I caught the the beginning, the thing that was that made you so impressed when I said that the story arc is him being the hero. Mm-hmm. And Frazier in the beginning talks about creating stories where in which he and Niles are the hero. Yeah. And so it follows him. But now they follow Daphne. I was very impressed with that, too. I have a very, uh, I have the best brain. So. <laughs> Clearly. You and one other person uh, who I think can compete with you, uh, but he's currently selling beans right now. Um, I also didn't notice how poor and tacky that banner was for Daphne. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a one, child made it. It really is, yeah. Which I think is intentional uh, because it maybe they made a banner that they feel like Daphne would like, not a banner that they would like. And that's what they think of Daphne. Yeah, the whole entire time it's just like taking shots at her. Here's her oh, kid banner. Here's a unless, pig in the fridge. Again, yeah. Unless, well, well the pig in the fridge Everyone got a kick out of that. That's just funny. A pig that opens, yeah. uh, that squeals when you open. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, we had this thing attached to, um, in one of our bathrooms, one of the toilets, where like, if you if you pressed it, it would be like someone like knocking and saying, "Hello, hello, can you let me out of here?" And it was like there was like a person in the toilet. It's really funny. Wait, did you say toilet? You've never seen all in the family, then, have you? Um, in my heart, I feel so I have. Yes. Well, if you say turlet, then yes, you have. Uh, but yeah, things like that are funny. Things that are time to go off like that makes you think something's in something when it's not. That's just comedy 101. Okay, I'll write that down. Let Good. me grab a pen. Good. Siobhan, do you have uh, anything you'd like to plug before we get on out of here? Yes. Um, Daddy Issues is going to be not at the moment, um, but we're going to be having hopefully soon some monthly shows coming up on zoom so if you haven't done so yet please go on to facebook and like daddy issues and prop comedy we're also on instagram and that'll keep you updated in a better way than me because i don't have any dates in my head excellent the person who runs the facebook is better than me i'll just say that perfect always always uh defer to the person with the facebook access yeah. uh Okay, I look forward to that. I look forward to uh, maybe giving a suggestion of you covering a uh, shot for shot, scene for scene remake of an All in the Family episode. Uh, I will gladly request it on Zoom. Uh, and beyond that, uh, thank you very much, Shimano O'Hara, for coming on Talking Sit. You're welcome. Bye. Stay tuned for scenes from next week's Talking Sit when we will present a special tribute to Carl Reiner. He's a kind of a combination between Mark Twain and like Ambrose Bierce or S.J. Perlman. He has this 
way of looking at, at the human comedy. I don't know what it is. You're born with it, I guess. That's next week on Talk to Sick. Van Dyke Show. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information and links to other shows, please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.